One of my mom's favorite stories was when Caleb was about, or when um, I was about Caleb's age, about 12 years old. And uh, I had a kind of a, a tense relationship with my younger brother. And it's just because I was bigger, you know. So every now and then it's kind of, it's kind of my responsibility to take advantage of that size. And um, my mom would get really frustrated at me. And uh, I remember one time she shook her fist at me, said, you big bully. Uh, but this time she really wanted to make a point that she was the mom and I was the child. So um, she realized in that moment that she was going to have a hard time making her point because at, at 12 years old already I was taller than my mom. So she decided to improvise. She's really good at improvising. So she went and she found the closest kitchen chair that she could get a hold of. She brought it into the living room. She set it down on the floor. She climbed up on top of the chair. And then she began to talk to me, wagging her finger in my face at eye level. Now, that story epitomizes my mom, if you know her. And there are so many memories I have of my mom. She just did her best to try to raise us kids right. You know, anytime we have a problem, my mom's still one of the first people I want to go and talk to. She's naturally the one that I want to call. But when the time came up, came for us to be grown, gone, my mom came through like a champ one more time. And she has done a great job of letting go. And this was not because she always had full confidence in my judgment, moms. Can I get an amen? It's not because, it, no nudging today, okay? It's not because she had full confidence in my judgment, but she knew that in the same way that I needed her to change me, feed me, comfort me, and discipline me, I was now going to need her to give me room, space, to grow and begin taking responsibility for my own life. The purpose of the message today is to affirm mothers for the important role that God has selected you to play. You know, in this story, you start off dependent on God as Hannah did. Can you remember how nervous you were the first time you became a parent? What did you do to get ready? Talk back to me. What did you do to get ready? Moms. Read books. Read books? Talk to other moms. Talk to other moms. What else? Decorated. Decorated? Okay. All right. Who, who painted? Who bought stuff? Okay. Who had showers? Huh? Okay. Who was nervous? Okay. And I'll admit, I've shared this before. As a father, I was nervous too. I had weird dreams about how I was going to somehow mishandle my child. You know, I won't go into them because I'll leave you with nightmares. But I needed mom to give me room. And, and my mom, just like all moms, start off dependent on the Lord as Hannah did. You cried out to God to make up for your inevitable mistakes, right? You're so dependent. On the Lord. And then your precious child came into the world. That first time, that first moment. And you realize that this infant was totally dependent on you. And then something primal and beautiful took place. You know, the, the mother is perfectly shaped, perfectly shaped and called to nurture. It's what she does best, it's what comes naturally to the mother. There were two Saturdays in the month of April uh, where Gracie had to unexpectedly be away, and that's our family day, Saturday. We kind of turn off the phones, unplug, right, to the frustration of some of our children, unplug, and it's family day. Well, Gracie was gone those two days, and in the morning it's okay. You know, around lunchtime it's okay because Dad, you know, there's a little bit more TV watching when Dad's in charge. Um, when it comes mealtime, 
because dad's useless in the kitchen, uh, we get to eat out. And so they love that. But then about, about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, they start grumbling. Where's mom? When's mom coming home? And dad begins to feel like chopped liver. And if she actually has to stay overnight, there's going to be lots of tears shed at bedtime because mom's not there to, to comfort them and to, and to tuck them in. And so mom plays a really crucial role in our house. And you know, this part is not tough for the mom. The, the correcting, it's not fun, it's, it's, it's challenging, but correcting, chiding, nurturing, kissing boo-boos, that's not the hard part for mom. The really hard part comes when they reach that age where they need some independence and where it's time to start the process of letting go. The really tough part comes when she realizes that she's called to nurture and to love and to care, but only for a season. Only for a season. And eventually, and certainly sooner than mom wishes, she's called to let the child go. And though it is difficult, it is also necessary. This is because what comes from God is ultimately for God. In other words, your child has a story that's separate from your own. God brought them into the world for a reason. He has important work for your child to do. And as we'll see in this story, God had an important role for Samuel to play. We talked about this last week. This was right after the period of the Judges. It was the wild, wild west. It was a mess. Things were chaotic. People were, were turning away from God, and they needed leadership. And a lot of times they had to settle for people like Samson. Kind of got sh shot from the cut and was, was a bit of a mess himself. But God is about to raise up someone, Samuel, who's going to lead Israel in place of a king, and he's going to be a great leader. But first, he has to be raised and let go by mom. So Hannah could have easily impeded God had she chosen to cling to Samuel. Turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1. We're going to read several verses out of this story, beginning in verse 5. So Hannah had a really difficult situation. She was married to a guy named Elkanah. Seems like a pretty good guy you'll see in this story, but she was unable to have children. And in that day and time, if you're not able to have children then you don't have very much value as a wife. And so Elkanah actually took on a second wife so that he could have children. And so she's in a very difficult, complicated situation, and she's very upset. She's crying out to the Lord. And she gets so focused on, on desiring to have a child that she says, God, if you'll give me a child, then I'll dedicate him to you. He'll be yours. He'll serve you full time his entire so beginning in verse 5, chapter 1. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Peniah, this is the second wife. She's a little bit haughty because she's been able to have children. She would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. And it, as much as she wanted a child, and there are many in our culture today who are struggling with this, she couldn't change her circumstances. She had to come to accept that she was in God's hands. And this is difficult when we're young, but over time experience teaches you and I that we're all in God's hands. And when we're young, we feel so powerful. We can fix things. We can change things. We can make things happen. But life teaches us eventually that our power is limited. And ultimately, we are in God's hands. So the first point today is that Hannah was in God's hands. 
In this season of your life, maybe there's some things that you desire to happen. Really desire for them to happen. In this season of your life, maybe there are things that, you, that have happened that you wish had not happened. But at some point, life brings us all to the same place. We are in God's hands, and we can only cry out to him for help. We, we reach the end of ourselves. And the things that we want so much, we can't really make them happen. And we cry out to God for help. And to further complicate the situation, her husband, Hannah's husband, struggled to understand her emotions. Can I get an amen? Amen. Yeah. He struggled to understand her emotions. Look at this gem of a verse. And this is going to bring out a good laugh. Samuel, 1 Samuel 1 verse 8. He says, why are you crying, Hannah? Why aren't you eating? Why be down hard just because you have no children? And this is the part where he's going to be the insensitive guy. You have me. Isn't that better than ten sons? You can just see him kind of strutting about. And guys, we do this, don't we? We're a little bit insensitive, a little bit callous. So he was struggling to understand her pain. And then she goes to the temple, you know? The place where she should be safe. And she's crying out to God and she's praying. And then Eli, the priest, also misunderstands her emotion. Verse 12. As she was praying to the Lord, she's just crying out to God. She realizes she's in God's hands. Eli watched her, seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound. He thought she had been drinking. He sees her depth of emotion. He thinks she's drunk. Must you come here drunk? He demanded, throw away your wine. So Eli also doesn't understand her emotion. So women, and I know I'm going to get an amen on this, men did not understand her Right? They did not understand her emotion. And I'll tell you, ladies, God has gifted you with a depth of emotion and a capacity for empathy that we struggle to understand. I remember the first time I heard the analogy that men are waffles and women are spaghetti. You ever heard that one? Okay, so men, we, we're, we're like waffles. You know those little ego waffles with the squares? And we have this annoying habit of compartmentalizing our feelings. And so we're, we're actually pretty easy to read. But for ladies, it's more like spaghetti. You ever tried to figure out what's bothering your wife? And you ask her what's wrong, and she tells you one thing, but that's not really what's wrong. And then she tells you something else with equal emotion, but that's not really what's wrong. And it takes a long time to kind of unravel all that spaghetti and get to what's really going on. So, man, the lesson for us there is when it comes to trying to comfort or understand your, your wife, don't trust your instincts. Don't please, you know. Read a book. Ask a question. But don't trust your instincts. So you see Hannah. She is alone. You know, nobody understands. So she pours out her heart to the Lord. And maybe today there's something on your heart that others are struggling to understand. They just don't get it. You know, it's, it's too deep. It's difficult to express. It's difficult to explain. It's kind of wrapped in there tight. And maybe it's time for you to pour out your heart to the Lord. God is inviting you through this story to pour out your heart to him. He's listening to you, even though not always there's not always somebody listening. But God is listening, and he cares, and you can pour out your heart to him. Now, eventually, God does respond to her request, and he gives her a son. Verse 19, the entire family got up the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. So you see, even though Hannah is struggling, even though Hannah desires something that she can't have, 
She not only recognizes that she's in God's hands, but she continues to cry out to God. Continues to go worship the Lord. And when we're struggling and things aren't going the way we want, we tend to want to do away with that and just kind of close off to God. And maybe he's saying to you today, don't do that just yet. Continue to reach out to me and I will answer. Then they returned home to Rama when Elkanah slept with Hannah. The Lord remembered her plea and in due time she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. So the third point today is that Samuel was a gift from God. God answered her prayer. She was full of praise. You know, when you and I are in need and we have nowhere else to turn, then we cry out to God. It's, at this point, it's, we shift from the, the old adage, you know, if it's going to be, it's up to me, right? That's how we tend to believe. If it's going to be, it's up to me. I can make it happen. I can do something. But at some point we say, you know what, God? If it's going to be, it's up to you. I've done all I can do. I've come to the end of myself. And when he comes through, we are full of praise. God heard me. God answered me. God responded. But this blessing, as so often happens in life, would set her up for the ultimate challenge. He's heard her. He's answered her prayer. He's given her Samuel, this precious gift from God. But she would find out that Samuel was not just meant for her. The next year, Elkanah and his family, verse 21, went on their annual trip to offer a sacrifice to the Lord and to keep his vow. But Hannah did not go. Dun, dun, dun. Hannah did not go. What's going on here? She told her husband, wait until the boy is weaned. Then I will take him to the tabernacle and leave him there with the Lord permanently. Whatever you think is best, Elkanah agreed. Stay here for now. This, kind of, this lets us know that Elkanah is a little bit concerned. Stay here for now, and may the Lord help you keep your promise. Because she had promised, if you give me a child, he'll be yours. He'll serve you full time in a dedicated way his entire life. So she stayed home and nursed the boy until he was weaned. So Hannah doesn't immediately make good on her promise. What's interesting is that at this point, Elkanah could have canceled the vow. I found that out this week. Numbers 30, verses 6 through 8 says that a husband, because it's a patriarchal society, we've already seen in this story that Hannah, in the eyes of culture, is just, just a woman. She's not that important. But Elkanah, he's already bucking the system. He treats her special. He gives her an extra portion. He cares about her. He loves her. And out of his love for her, he could have canceled this vow and said, you know what? I'm not going to hold you to that. Because in this culture, I understand that what I say goes, you don't have to fulfill your promise. But we see what kind of, what kind of man Elkanah is. He encouraged her to fulfill her promise. So the last point today is that Hannah had to love by letting she had to love Samuel by letting go. And I know she, I imagine she struggled with this decision. She could have asked her husband to reconsider, right? Elkanah, come on, man. This is my child. This is our child. You, all you have to do is say the word, and I will not have to fulfill my promise. But here's how she responded. Verse 27. I asked the Lord to give me this boy. Because she did, and he granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshiped the Lord 
so we see this challenging process that Hannah went through. She was so dependent on God, desiring for him to answer her. When he answered her, he gave her a gift. But the gift wasn't just for her. He had a plan. He had, a, he had something in mind for Samuel, something, some specific work to do. And it was time for her to understand and accept our big idea for today. And the big idea is that what comes from God is for when we're in need, it's easy to depend on God, right? We have nowhere else to turn. We're powerless to change our circumstances, and we need God to intervene. Come on, God. I need help. And then he does. But after he provides, we are tempted to view ourselves as independent. It came from you, God. I'll acknowledge that. Thanks. All the blessings, they came from you. But, you know, now that they're in my hands, I think I can figure it out from here, God. In other words, God... It came from you, but I'll take it from here. I mean, this is my life, God, and I appreciate the help. God, this is my child. They need me. And so we see the thing that was so beautiful at the beginning, the mother's desire to nurture and care and be there. It set her up for a real challenge because now God was calling her to take that precious gift that had been given from God to her and give it back. Comes from God is for God. And this isn't a mean thing. I mean, God's not going to take him back and do something bad with him. He has a plan. He has a calling for Samuel, just like God has specific plans and a calling for your children and my children. So after a brief internal tussle, Hannah acknowledges the penetrating truth that she was a steward of God's gift. And in order for Samuel to fulfill his calling, Hannah was going to need to stay within the parameters of her call. And that's tough, isn't it? God's given us a job to do. God's given us a role to play, but we want to go beyond that. It's difficult for us to let go of that. But in order for Samuel to fulfill his calling, Hannah was going to have to stay within the parameters of her calling. So after years of tender caretaking, and it's, it's years, many sleepless nights, Many sick days, many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, many dirty nappies, right? Lots and lots of love. But the letting go of the mother is also beautiful. She is displaying the same simple trust that was present prior to receiving her gift from God, you. So mothers... And fathers, let's honor our God by loving and letting go. And, you know, I don't know where this hits you today. I know this is an emotional day for many. And I don't know what kind of mom was in the picture. Maybe you're a mom or maybe you just had a mom. But I know that not all moms do a great job with the loving part. And then there's other moms who do a great job with the loving, but they have a hard time letting go. So I don't know where this hits you today. But for mothers and fathers, let's honor our God by loving and letting go. Let's love them. Huh? Let's spend that time. Let's, let's do the hugging and, and the kissing and the comforting and the encouraging and the cajoling and the chiding. They need it. They need to hear from you. They need to hear from me. Let's do the loving part. But when it's time, and it's going to be a whole lot sooner than you wished, let's also do the hard work of beginning to give them that space. And beginning to let them explore and pursue their calling from God. 
Because you got a gift. And we got a gift. We got three gifts and we love them. And it's going to be hard. And it's going to be scary for me when my daughters get to that age. And I'm going to be calling y'all for advice. And I'm going to be calling the men for ammunition. <laughs> but we got to do the letting go. And children, because we're all children in this room, this applies to everybody. Let's honor our mothers by thanking them and seeking God's will. Because they've done the hard part of giving you up. And the reason they gave you up is because they believe and they hope that you're going to take yourself and your families and your children and you're also going to honor the Lord and you're going to seek the Lord. Because when Hannah gave up Samuel, it was in hope that God was going to do what he said, that he was going to use Samuel to do important things in this life. So my, my, my prayer today is that that would encourage you, mothers. Thanks so much for the part that you have played in the lives of your children. Thank you to, to my wife, because it's tough to do the loving, and it's even tougher to do the letting go. So we're going to close the service today. I found this cute little video um, online on Right Now Media, and this will kind of encourage you um, with this little girl. She's quoting Psalm 23. It's obviously something that mom has worked hard on. Dad's kind of coaching her through it. But I just want you to think about and, and, and know how much we appreciate you and the role that you have played, the role that you are playing to love your children, to care for your children, to invest in your children, but also to give them the space to grow and to fulfill the calling for which God has for them. And then I'm going to close in prayer and we'll be finished for today. And I don't know about y'all, but I couldn't think of a truer statement than that, that the, that the faith of the child, you know, my faith as a child, it begins with the faith of mom. And moms, um, again, I don't know where this hits you today, but moms play such an important role, and, and we're so thankful for you today. So I'm going to close in prayer and we'll be finished. God, thank you so much for this opportunity just to consider Scripture, to consider the story of Hannah, God, that she depended on you, that she cried out to you, that you answered her prayer, God, but the gift that you gave her was also a challenge. It was also an opportunity for her to be tempted, for her to doubt, but in the end, God, she comes through. She does what you've called her to do so that her child can do what you've called them to do. So, God, thank you so much for mothers and the important role that they play in our lives. We're all so grateful. And, um, we love you, Lord, and we're so thankful for the role you've called them to play and, and the important work that they do. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.